Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Trisana Chandler probably doesn't approve of swear words. But we're about to read her book, so who knows? Maybe she'll change her mind. Just in case, you should be warned, we might swear in this episode. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading Chapter 1 of Shattered Glass. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. Sometimes lightning strikes twice. visiting the city-state of Therios with Nico, who is at a mages conference. She stops to ask for directions, only to learn that Therios has a caste system in which those who deal with the dead are not spoken to. She ventures toward the square with her breezes to keep her cool. On her breezes, she hears of a recent murder, a body dumped in the fountain, and blames Therios' problems on their strange democratic government. As she nears the artisan shops, she, re- she sees dozens of spells being pulled into a local glass shop. She goes inside to find a glass blower with magic getting away from him. He creates a living glass dragon, which he tries to kill. So Triss defends the creature with lightning. The man swears he's not a mage, but he's obviously, but he's obviously lying because he's working magic. Duh. Also, he's an adult. When the man refuses to take responsibility for the dragon, Triss leaves with it, vowing to report him and his teacher, whoever that may be, to the Mages Guild. Meanwhile, Kathleen Warder has had a very bad day. A journeyman glassblower from Namorn, Keth's small seed of magic made glassblowing easy until he was struck by lightning. 
He's been visiting his Therian cousin to relearn his skill, but now some girl who can throw lightning has come in and threatened to turn him to the Mages Council for shit he didn't do. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Dama Nomastina is also having a bad day. A mage with the Aururim, the Therian police force, Dama has been trying to solve the serial murders of Yaskadasi, performers. He's about the only one who cares until the latest victim turns up in a public fountain. Ther- but the Therian obsession with cleansing any and every area tainted by death makes clue finding literally impossible. The same obsession means the whole city is at stake when it comes to catching this ghostly killer. Chapter one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about this chapter. Who wants to go first? I had a dislike with uh, the third guy. What's his name? Dima. Dima. He's to feed the body that's in the fountain and his boss is yelling at him. Why haven't you figured this out yet? But they literally won't let him get any clues as to what's going on. Like, of course he's not figuring it out because you guys won't fucking let him look at it. This is the thing that I love, 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 love about Shattered Glass. As we talked about in our recap, Pierce sets up a formula with this this quartet. Mm-hmm. So by the time you get to Shattered Glass, you're like, okay, I know what's going to happen. Tris and Nico are going to be traveling somewhere. Tris mm-hmm. is going to get some, some new mage student and there's going to be a crime that she gets sucked into solving. And what Pierce does with this book is she meets everything that she has set up she meets that formula while simultaneously breaking it to pieces shattering it if you will because yeah. tris gets an adult student which mm-hmm. completely changes the student dynamic uh the student teacher dynamic and then i love that you guys talked about whether or not you felt the police would be incompetent the police are incompetent for completely different reasons and yeah. i was so looking forward to, to you guys discovering that oh, no. um, cops being incompetent on... who would have guessed sorry right but it's not their fault this time or at least not his no it's not it's a silly superstition for the city so like death is a common thing that happens yet you're gonna cleanse the whole city of a natural thing it's infuriating as far as her decision to make Keth an adult I think that this was a fantastic authorial choice not only because you're set up to expect one thing and she breaks your expectations which makes the book more interesting because you get too far into a formula and you're just like yeah it's a formula I know what's gonna happen also because let's think about this we talked about how Sandri and Briar and Daja uh, have their mage credentials but probably weren't really listening when they were told oh you're gonna have to teach if you find somebody with magic blah 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 because they're 14 year olds and who the fuck is listening to adults when they're 14? You know who the fuck is Tristan. listening to adults when they're 14? Tristan. Tristana Chandler. Hey, because yes. it states and- in this chapter, hey, they told us that we're going to have to teach people. That It says it clearly in this chapter. Like, as soon as we got our medals, they told us that we would potentially have to uh, teach new students. So, like, if you were told that, why did the other three not say that? But, of course, they're 14. Like you said, they probably weren't listening. But Tris was. And that fits Tris's personality. Tris is the type of person, probably she wasn't just listening. She probably, as soon as she got her mage medallion, went and read all of the stuff about 
all the rights and responsibilities of being a mage. She probably I mean, we are, I'm sure she was taking notes while they were telling them about it. I mean, we already saw this in Briar's book when Crane was telling her, oh, we're going to try this. And she's like, no, 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 no. You already did this several times back. And he's like, no, he didn't. And she's like, well, it's written right here that, yes, you have. She's very meticulous. What happens in the other three books is, you know, they all get told, oh, you have to teach. And they're like, oh, I don't want to do this. Having to teach is in its, in its way a conflict that they have to deal with. And conflict makes stories interesting. Now, if Keth was a kid and Tris walked in and saw this, she would be like, oh shit, like you are clearly a kid who nobody has figured out has magic yet and we need to deal with this. And she would be on top of like contacting parents and like figuring out how to like pin down what this kid's magic is and make sure he has a teacher and all of that. And if it had been, oh, well, you have to be the kid's teacher, then she kind of would have been like, well, that sucks, but I will do my civic duty because that's what I have to do. But by making Keth an adult, it means that when she walks in, because he's an adult, she assumes he already is a mage, already like has a teacher, knows all of that stuff. And therefore has a completely different reaction. That reaction causes a whole lot of conflict, which makes the story interesting. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Fantastic which, choice. Which makes sense why she freaks the fuck out, but still, Tris, you need to think before you do, because you traumatize <laughs> the poor guy. Can we take a moment to just, like, like empathize with Keth here? Keth was just trying his damnness, all right? He was in his forge, melting his little glass bits, trying to do shit like he used to. He's already suffering from fucking getting struck by lightning and trying to recover all of his, like, physical abilities. And then Finally this, feeling comfortable to do stuff again. And this girl just this sassy, in. This sassy, short, red-headed child. She just walks in and fucking wrecks his day. Seriously, poor guy. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> she went. She went a little too hard on on him. A little too hard. Yeah. Tasers him too. Just on just, just <laughs> fucking. I'm curious to know what went through y'all's heads when you were reading the scene for the first time. I noticed that he was talking slowly, so I was, I, I thought there was something going on there. Like I thought he had some kind of disability, and usually she's pretty quick to like pick up on that kind of that but she was just so blinded by anger Tris there's something going on here but you you're acting too quickly poor guy and seeing it from his point of view like he does have a a disability (laughs) a lightning specific disability yeah and she zapped him like whenever she zapped him I was like okay she barely touched him with it and he's still laying in the floor like yeah he's a disability but I figured he'd stand up quickly and then find out he is traumatized by lightning like oh shit no yes he is a hell of a thing man what the fuck he fucked this guy's head up not not to metagame the book or anything but seeing how we did you know every time there's a student who's using magic and you know our Tris our Daja Sandry and uh Briar show up we know that their student doesn't know how to use their magic yeah so going into this I was like 
clearly this guy doesn't know what he's doing and he's telling her he's telling Triss that he it's not magic he's not doing it but she just pushes like i'm gonna tell your teacher i'm gonna report your teacher teacher fucking sucks didn't they teach you anything like it's i was like he's like i don't have a teacher there are are too many assumptions being thrown around right now right like you're just assuming all these things without even questioning like chill but what I think that is really kind of is Trist, you know? Yes. She, she can kind of gets an idea in her head and runs with it. Exactly. I kind of wish Lark was here because in Bri- in Briar's book, Lark's bu- Lark puts Triss's, Triss in her place when she's talking about, like, the poor. But I feel like Lark might put Triss in her place again here because Lark, canon somewhere, it says Lark was, like, 30 before she discovered that she had magic. I'm figuring that she's assuming he's a mage because he's an adult. If it was another 14-year-old, she wouldn't, right? She'd probably be like, oh, this must be a yeah. kid like me. But, like, she literally grew up with an adult who did not know that she had magic until adulthood. So what do you guys think of Therios? Oh, the city. The city. The city state. <coughs> um, very reminiscent of India. Of India. Uh, they have a caste system. Mm-hmm. Like the, uh, pra- the Prathman, uh, the untouchables, the degraded, the invisible very reminiscent of like the lower caste in uh indian society for those who are listening who don't know um i want to say hinduism specifically has a caste system but like india historically has been known for having a caste system in which one of those castes is the untouchables or the the outcast and they deal with poop and death and all of these things and nobody else associates with them don't know my like world politics well enough to say like what what problems india may or may not have now with this system but it was definitely problematic for a long time it is still around um from my knowledge anyways it's people still look into it and uh follow it for the most part doesn't mean everyone does but i know in certain parts of the country it's still pretty widespread but uh yeah that's the names too everything was kind of really reminiscent of a of a kind of that indian subcontinent like area see i i think it's interesting because this always struck me as greece aside from the caste system and i think most people describe it as being greece but reading it this time i was really caught by some of the names like she goes to labrica square and I was like, that's a Lithuanian name. Like, it just sound, it sounds very Lithuanian. And there's yeah. there's some other names that'll turn up in the next couple of chapters that sound very Lithuanian to me. I'm curious to know what Brittany thinks of the caste system. I don't like it. I told Indy that I think this is going to be the book that proves you are Triss. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like you are going to have righteous anger in several places that she does. Not not against Kathleen, obviously, but in a couple other places. And uh, this, this I feel like, is one of them. Like, I had a feeling that you would have very similar feelings about this caste system that Trist does. I don't like it, but I mean, that's their way of living, I guess. So, I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. When she was talking to the girl that was dropping, like, 
dumping the trash or whatever. I don't know. I feel like Tris usually educates herself pretty well, but I felt like she was an American tourist going to other places <laughs> and then expecting them to, the, the people in that country to follow the way that she does things at her home. Like, she usually educates educates herself a lot better than what she did with this she reads everything yet she couldn't pick up a book about the place that she's traveling to to know anything about what's going on there that that seemed a little weird to me Um, a little out of character for her from a writing perspective it's it's clearly done to be like so it can explain what's going on to us which i get but it doesn't make sense for her but I don't, know. I don't like the caste system, but I mean, I can't go into another country and expect things to be like how I see them in my country. Does that make sense? Right. And I know uh, it was mentioned at one point that Nico said, like, uh, you might think some of the stuff they do here is a little weird, but or, yeah. Right. So um, there was a little bit of warning, but not not enough. I don't know. I, I did. My major dislike about it is that there's people that aren't people, but they're people. I don't know. Yeah. I did get the impression that Tris has not been here very long. Yeah. I don't remember if it specified like how long they've been here, but I got the impression like they haven't been here very long. And so that's probably like the, oh, she doesn't know about the place because she hasn't but you would still think that like oh we are going here she'd be like okay i gotta know everything about this place before we get there it's gonna take them a while to get there so let's talk democracy how do we feel about tris's feels about this place like i just love this is the first democratic uh setting we've gotten which makes sense considering the time ish period but um i i love tris's reaction to the democracy i love how much she hates it So I we, think we should have a king instead, where it's only ruled yeah. by one person instead you know, of several. Like she's that's what she's used to. Being the daughter of a trading family whose entire existence is based on steady, unbroken lines of communication and stable empires to be able to find people to trade with, I can see it making sense that having a system where instead of having someone trained their entire life to lead a country, having them in stints of three would be less than ideal, especially for her and people in her, maybe not her current business as a mage, right? But as, as a trainer, yeah. I can see her and like getting that from her parents. Like, yeah, that's kind of suck. You get a democracy that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing and they change rules and people, you know, it, it, it adds a little, a layer of, uncertainty and they cleanse all the city streets so that you can't uh, <laughs> yeah so I, I i can see why she'd be upset not not that i agree i think well you'd have to look at it in the historical sense of if you have a bunch of serfs and you know you're you you, you kind of it, it kind of is not to sound like a authoritarian or anything but um I can see how having one person in charge of everything and, you know, is capable and isn't entirely corrupt could be helpful to keep people in that technological state on track and to have a thriving kingdom. Um, Duke Fedris. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's capable. From what we've he's seen, knowledgeable. He does a good job. Yeah. He's, he's not a total dick And takes care of his people. I think that mostly us coming from history and seeing how like dictatorships 
dictatorships, yeah. the old kings, France and in France, and you know they're taking literally all the money from all the people and just throwing it away on food. Right. Yeah. And that's not to say that democracies are perfect, but no, democracies <laughs> suck, but they're the best system we got. <laughs> Spoken like a true American. I really like the fact that she describes, she specifically details that Triss is sunburned because she would be. That girl has no melanin. She has probably less melanin than Kirill does. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw what happened to him. I like the description of her wrapping a collection of breezes around her person as someone else might drape the folds of a shawl before she went to market. Yes. It's awesome. <clears throat> I'm not going to lie, I was a little confused when I first read that, because I'm like, is a breeze a some sort of fabric from this, this city-state that I've never heard before? I'm like, like that's a funny name. <laughs> breeze. <laughs> huh, cool. And then I'm like, oh, like literal actual A literal breeze. <laughs> because she's a, 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 weather mage. a weather mage. Uh it all makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, real smart. Like- I wrote that Little Bear is huge, huge in capital letters. Uh, and I, I don't remember the description, but it's huge. I want to make a make a comment here. In the first couple of paragraphs, there's just the description her chubby person. And like, I put a note on it. I was like, I really love that she didn't take this opportunity to like slim Tris down because a lot of writers would do that. We've been apart from this character for a while. And, you know, some authors do that kind of shit. It's just her chubby person that's highlighted. And it's like this full fucking paragraph of a note, right? And then there's a full fucking paragraph describing how Little Bear like looks now. And the note on that is, he a big old boy. <laughs> this is not so little bear. At one point, did she just call him bear instead of little bear? Just yeah. Bear. I love that normal glassmaking is described as magic. Like, it's pretty cool. Talks about, like, ding, 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 the whole point of the series, right? Like, crafting is magic, but still. Triss not taking offense over the remark about her nose shows how incredibly practical she is. I don't remember what the remark is. Uh, He said something about her big nose and she's like ah, that is one of her least nice features. Oh, it's a simple enough question. As simple as the way is if you just follow that long beak of yours. I really like the way that Triss explores the market because it reminds me a lot of the opening of Street Magic. I guess makes sense because I did mention before we got started how this book, we have three different perspectives and I think that might happen in Street Magic, but it definitely doesn't happen in the other two right from the start. More Triss being unfair. If they were as clever as they claimed, they would find a way to hold breezes of their own. But I guess she just wants them to invent a hand fan. Preferably the little electric ones with the misters. Yeah. Those are the best, man. Those are quite nice. And apparently Triss has learned to tie wind into knot, which is nice because, like, we talked about that at the very beginning, back in Sandry's book, in, like, the first couple of chapters. Mm -hmm. So something that I actually really like about that is uh in when discussing like tying the knots like wind into knots uh nico i think it was nico who said something about people take like will spend their whole lives learning how to do this and he was like do you really want to spend your whole life learning how to do one thing and one thing only and here she is four years after that conversation and she's already kind of mastered it so 
Um, I've been recently rereading Sandry's book as well. I mentioned this to Molly while rereading it. They're talking about the different uh, colors for on the knots. It tied back into magic steps. The teachers are put in the pegs down in the nets. Those colors uh, for each of the teachers corresponded to the color that was on each direction for the wind as well which I um, thought was really neat. Yeah. Because I, I hadn't caught that the first time, but rereading Sandra's book, like, wait a minute. Oh, wow, that's cool. I wrote that I thought that this book was going to take place in the spring because cold fire was in winter and street magic was in fall. But we have skipped forward to the summer. This So this line is also a callback to Triss's book. In her hands, magic was a deadly weapon and had to be treated as such. Mm-hmm. Learned that one from Briar. I also wrote, never mind Rose Thorn, I want to sick Triss on Jebelou Stone Slicer. Yes, she would zap him. Because she keeps telling Kath, I'm going to go after your teacher. I'm going to go after your teacher. Amen. Like, go after that teacher instead. (laughs) Be nice to this poor guy. Yes, (laughs) be nice. Poor guy. I really like the description of Kath's magic because uh, this is the whole ambient versus academic thing. And I think we'll get deeper into it later in the book. But um, he clearly has ambient magic. And as we see, as we've seen with our kids, when you have ambient magic, shit talks to you. And he talks about how like other, like his family would think he was crazy if he talked about how the glass like wanted to like communicate with him. And it says it wanted him to shape it in ways that differed from what he wanted, which reminds me of the the way that Daja was like doing the fire nets in Daja's book. Yeah. And people are like, why did you do that? And she's like, I don't know. I think the fire just wanted me to. And I did. I think I, when I read that, I felt like he would have been more apt to say something before the accident if it would have wanted it to be alive before his accident. But after the accident, I feel like he has to prove himself more that he's capable of doing yeah. things. So after the accident, he he definitely felt like if he would have said something, they would have put him in the madhouse because, oh, he's not in right mind now because he had an accident. So, oh, goodness, he, he's disabled yeah. now. But Kath is Namor which means that somewhere out there, there is either the existence of a fan fiction or the potential for a fan fiction in which Keth does get thrown into the madhouse and meets our scarecrow man from Cold Fire. And Daja rescues them. <laughs> and then and then maybe Daja would be like, I think you have lightning magic like my sister Triss. You're not. She would have had three students. <laughs> uh, there was somebody with the name H-A-F G-W-Y-N, which just sounded very Welsh. So we now have Greece, India, Lithuania, and Wales. And Antonotinus, Keth's cousin, is that's the other Lithuanian name that I found. Um, it just sounds very Lithuanian. I wrote, Keth praying to gods to never see Tris again. <laughs> that's that never going to happen. Gonna see her again. I wrote that one down too. Yeah, good, good luck. I really want to know why Dama's section starts with his name. We've never seen this happen before, but for some reason, it's just Dama. <laughs> why? Well, why did you make this decision? I think that with everybody else that we've seen that secondary, um, that secondary point of view, it's somebody we've met. 
and so like even with cold fire when we get that um part from uh ben's perspective even if it doesn't name names it's still someone we've met and like in this one we have no idea who you know damn it is until after we're introduced to him through this chapter so so we gotta know who it is so dama (laughs) (laughs) but indy you now have new tea to make Yep. Smoking hot jailer's tea guaranteed to take the finish off wood and to wake the dead. Yep. So if they it can wake the dead, instead of cleansing all this stuff, just give them the tea and they're good to go. You don't gotta cleanse nothing. There's no more dead. Poor Dama. We haven't really talked about him much. He's had, what, like four or five murders already? Four. Like four. Yeah. I think it's four. So... So as opposed to the others, this has been going on for a while. And aside from like the people who it's happening to, he's kind of the only person who cares. He's literally told like, oh yeah, like, oh, that case is whatever. That's an unimportant case. Until, of course, a body gets left in the fountain. So nobody cares until it affects them. And they still won't let him solve it or help facilitate his solving of it. Oh, I wrote, you will do the proper work with those you have sounds like teaching ESL. So I compared his overworked, under-resourced job with mine. Accurate, though. And then all the nasty stereotypes about uh, Yaskadasi. He's wanting to do his job. He gets really close, and they're like, no, we have to protect you. Use a special stick. And they're like, here, use your stick here, and you get too close. I love that he asks, like, oh, have you made these for other people? And they're like, nobody wants to get as close as you. He's trying so hard to figure it out. He's trying. (sighs) So dumb. When Tris gets angry and she yanks down one of her braids and sparks start forming in her hair, that was a really cool visual. Like, it was really cool. And then she opens up the right hand and a circle of lightning plays around in her hand. Like... That was really cool, too. Made me think of Raiden. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Exactly that. When the dragon gets scared and it flies with Triss and perches on her shoulder, wrapping itself around her neck like a little scarf. I'm like, protect me, I'm scared. It's really cute. I'll give you some information for nothing since you're obviously too ignorant to live. My note says Indy's new catchphrase. Too ignorant to live. Too dumb to die. I love the description of the people. How they dress, how they do their hair. Like, I just love that like description in every book and there's a lot of it in this one. Really helps Um, you picture who she's talking about returning to Triss like excited children gone for a walk with a favorite aunt I love that so much now look you upset my dog (laughs) she's just annoyed she's like you upset my dog you asshole how dare you just the fact that like she full-on fucking triggered ptsd that is exactly what this is this is the kind of thing where if this was only from cat's view and we didn't know who tris was we would be like what a bitch right yeah, <laughs> yeah. tris no chill the fuck i know out. tris i know tris and i'm like what a bitch <laughs> <laughs> 
But she was acting kind of like a Karen. Like, I hate to say that to my girl, but like, like, girl, chill. She almost had a, I want to speak to your manager vibes. I'm like, calm down. Well, she kind of did, because she's like, where the fuck is your teacher? I'm going to go talk to your teacher. Like, in Sandry's book, Sandry's the one who goes to defensive, goes to the defensive little bear first, but like, most of the time when we see like animals, Triss is the one rescuing them. I wonder if this had not been a glass dragon, like if there had, if it had been some other stuff, some other craziness that happened where his magic went awry, if she would have been more calm. That's definitely I wonder like part of an animal or? Yeah like, yeah, like something that did not involve an animal. Yeah. yeah. If it was living, then yeah, she would have stepped in because she said you can't kill a living thing. But uh, if it wasn't alive, I don't think she would have cared. Well, like okay, so the the way I kind of look at it is if it was like a living chair, probably wouldn't give a shit about a living chair. Chair that hops around, probably <laughs> wouldn't give a shit. Uh. I'm thinking like if Kef had made some kind of piece that was clearly like full of magic and potentially dangerous because of it, but not zooming around alive, would Triss have been more patient? Probably. Is she partially up on her dignity because she is trying to defend an innocent animal? Oh, I believe so. Yeah, I'd say so. This is both a like and a dislike. Like hearing stories about people who overcome physical disabilities and basically like if they're partially paralyzed they like make themselves function to a ableistic manner i also hate the fact that that has become basically ableist being like oh this person can do it why can't you and i feel like there's a little bit of that going on in this well it's like super stubborn and it's like I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm going to teach myself how to do all of these things again because I don't want to be more or less an invalid for the rest of my life. But his family also kind of treated him like shit until he did that. And like, even after. I think that's fitting for the time period, though. Yeah. But it's kind of one of those things of I like it because he was like, I'm going to do this, but also like his family kind of made it seem like oh if you don't do this then like you're just an invalid and a burden and we hate that because they even like try and get rid of him at some point i like dema's name so specifically when dema looks at the woman that's in the uh that's in the fountain i pictured it very ophelia vibes i noticed we had a head left in a fountain and magic steps don't we mm-hmm so we're coming full circle. Uh, yeah, we're, we're getting the rest of the body this time. <laughs> Do not let curiosity take you too far. I just really like that line. Curiosity killed the cat. But satisfaction, satisfaction brought, it brought it back. You know where I learned that? Huh. Camera appears. Uh, I have a quick question. They're all full-fledged mages now, right? So why didn't they get to change their name? to their mage names. Briar already basically did, but everybody else, when they talked to like Rose Thorn and Lark and everybody else, they had previous names. When they became mages, they changed their names. So why didn't everybody else change their name? There, there is an actual answer on this and I can give it to you. So Briar 
as you've said, has already changed his name. Sandry is nobility and that one makes sense. And so she wants to keep her name as a connection to that. Daja, I believe, keeps her name because a connection to her traitor history. And I think Triss kind of wants to be sort of underground. Like she doesn't want everybody knowing she's a mage. And there are a few more details connect into that a little bit, but those details get mentioned later, so I won't go into that. Gotcha. Yeah, that that makes sense. Good question. Triss's personal air conditioning. God, I wish that were me. Right? Jesus Christ, I wish that was me so fucking bad. Right? I would give away a kidney if I could have my own personal air conditioning. Doesn't matter if people would stare at me too. Fuck it. I'm comfy. Um... Triss, warning Keth to not kill the dragon before she uses her magic on him because her magic is a deadly weapon and she very clearly has remembered that and is aware and said, hey, stop it. My only problem with her warning him is that he wasn't even looking at her whenever she warned him. So how is he to know that she was about to pull some dangerous shit on him. So if he would have been looking, he would have gotten zapped. He should have been paying attention. That's on him. <laughs> I guess. Demma's uh, dream, when the last thing that he saw before he woke up was people who were murdered, their outstretched hands straining towards him in the flutter of yellow silk. Beautiful. Just uh, very visual, well-written. They use a stack of barley instead of a stack of hay uh, for needle in a haystack. It's a needle in a barley (laughs) stack, which I think barley would make finding a needle much easier than it would be in hay. Because hay is, you know, long blades of grass, essentially, while barley's little round balls. So, I mean, it wouldn't be easy, but it'd be a lot easier than finding it in hay. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find? What I found was we need to take little little bear and put him on top of Triss and make Triss chill the fuck out for like an hour. Put the dog on her so she has to stay still. So basically you want to do the same as in Triss's book where Sandry just sits on her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it worked though is it not not really because right after she's like get off i have to pee and then she runs away to go kill pirate little bear will not care if she has to pee exactly he doesn't know english <laughs> but yeah no just unless it's rose thor then he figures it out pretty quickly <laughs> rose See, just actually- has that aura yeah, no, that was actually the one that I found. Like, that was being serious. <laughs> Your Tris scene is basically the fuck out. Tris, chill the fuck out. Yeah, I think that's a good theme. Uh, uh, I think my theme is somewhat related to that because my theme is obstacles. And Kat's major obstacle right now is Tris. Triss's major obstacle is the fact that she needs to chill the fuck out. And then Dama's obstacle is the whole fucking country. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one to he beat. Was just born in the wrong place. The theme that I found was frustration. Uh, Kath, uh, with his glass blowing and his entire experience, his entire experience recovering from a lightning strike, like he was, you know, pretty normal, pretty good at glass blowing. And then now he has to relearn everything. He had to relearn how to talk, how to move, how to like like literally everything and going back to the thing that he loved and being bad at it because his body just doesn't respond the way it used to. Like that's I can't imagine something more frustrating than that. Like that's tough. Damon is hamstrung in his search for clues to finding the killer because the entire city is obsessed with cleansing the dead. How the fuck is he supposed to find clues to solve this murder if you keep fucking with the crime scene? Unless you see it happening, you're not going to figure it out. It's bullshit. Uh, And Triss with Keth, uh, when he tried to kill the dragon, uh, she thought that he should have known better and just like, like, I'm going to tell your teacher. I'm going to tell everybody this sucks. Like, what are you doing? So she, she, she thinks that he should know better because he's clearly a mage. Magic ain't always that clear, and she should know that better than anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Frustration. Um, Miss, I'm creating a water spout, but still don't think I'm a mage. 
right? Mm-hmm. Mine is life and death. Cat gives life to the dragon. He's also lucky to be alive because he got struck by lightning. Death, because uh, Tris hears about a death. Demma is dealing with said death, along with several other deaths that uh, have occurred. Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? To chill the fuck out. A lot like Trist, I'll get an idea in my head and then run with it without uh, thinking about it and then then realize later, hey, um, I fucked up. I was wrong. Think before you act sometimes. Need to assess the situation first before I just fly off the handle. Have a really short fuse. Mine is very similar. I wrote, don't make assumptions. Exactly. Same kind of thing. Yep. You need time to recover after trauma, both physical and mental. Kath's mother said that he was damaged, not incapable, and that was true. He was getting better, and he would be better, but it, it's going to take some time. And that's a good thing to remember, you know, when you're hurt, either physically or mentally, you need to take time for yourself to recover because it's not, uh, oh, it happened this day, next day, it's going to be back to normal and, you know, perfect and everything's going to be just how it was. Uh, healing is a process. It might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, it might not be next week, next month, but you just have to keep trying and be patient with yourself and recover at your own pace. That was actually something very close to what I was going to say. Ah, uh, yoinked it. Yep, you did. But I had a backup, so meh. Smart. Whoever heard of people not being people just because they deal with the dead? As a as a culture, we look down on certain groups of people who do very essential jobs. That I'm not even gonna like go into how essential each job is, but I'm going to go with one that I feel is very very important our waste disposal people mm-hmm. are phenomenal they do something that no one wants to do and if they didn't exist much like if these people in this book did not exist there would be so much filth and waste and just disgustingness and we look down on that job like I don't want to be wallowing in my own fill. Like, I am thankful these people exist because they mean I don't have to. You can't expect or want an essential job and then not want to acknowledge that people do this very essential job. It's almost like we've been going through uh, through some uh, stuff about essential workers in the last two years, but yeah like thank your trash guys like your 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 trash people are wonderful people and they just deserve a thank you so thank you man i appreciate you guys y'all are doing the lord's work we like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter so this is an excerpt from chapter two of Shatterglass. Triss walked over to the open workroom door. 
There stood her teacher, hands on hips, surveying the glass dragon. Despite his long day at the conference, Nico looked fresh and crisp. His clothes, made by Triss's foster sister, Sandry, a thread mage, showed not a single wrinkle. Nico wore a sleeveless gray linen overrobe and breeches and a paler gray silk shirt, its full sleeves neatly buttoned at the cuffs. On his feet were black slippers. He refused to wear Therian sandals, telling Triss that he would reserve the sight of his bare toes for himself alone. At five feet, inch, at five feet 10 inches, Nico was half a foot taller than Triss was and wiry with silver and black hair worn in a horsetail most of the time. He possessed a full natty black and silver mustache of which he was vain, heavy black and silver brows and deep set black eyes. His face was craggy, the strong nose jutting from it like the prow of a ship. Nico stared down that formidable nose at the dragon who sat on its hindquarters staring up at the mage. Its muzzle was coated with antimony. Its belly was filled with the stuff. Is that even good for you? Triss asked it. As if in reply, the dragon twitched, its belly roiling. A moment later, it opened its jaws. Antimony surged from its gullet to form clear glass flames that dropped as soon as they broke away from its mouth. Nico quickly thrust a hand under the dragon's chin to catch the pieces. When the creature finished, Nico held a palmful of glass flames. I can't think of the last time I held dragon vomit in my hand, Nico remarked, his voice dry. Why, never, in fact. There are no such things as dragons. Need I point out there are no such things as living glass dragons? Triss picked the creature up and cradled it in her arms. You shouldn't stuff yourself that way, she told it. You couldn't absorb it. Surely you can't be hungry after all you ate at the shop. Perhaps eating is how she learns the nature and substance of things, remarked Nico, sidetracked by the thought. After all, who can tell if she truly sees or not? It's an it, not a she, protested Triss. She held up the dragon so Nico could see its belly was unmarked by male or female organs. Nonsense, he replied. So elegant and dainty a creature with such wonderful eyes has to be female. You just say that because you like women better than men, Triss retorted. The dragon climbed up her arm and draped itself across her shoulders, rubbing its head on her braided hair. With good reason. Few women spend the first weeks of an acquaintance trying to prove how much more they know than you, Nico said as he gently poured the dragon flames onto the counter by the antimony jar. You haven't explained how this creature came to be here, Triss. It's a long story. You're supposed to be down there, aren't you? She asked, nodding in the direction of the noisy first floor. For this lady, I will set aside the conference for the moment. I've never seen anything like her, Nico pointed out. And you've been using your lightning. What for? You know I can see it on you and the dragon. Trish shrugged. It wasn't much. She set the dragon on a work table and fitted the cork back into the antimony jar. Some glass mage was having a tantrum. I don't think much of the teachers here if they can't make a grown man learn self-control. Some students don't want to learn, Nico offered, rubbing the dragon's chin with a gentle finger. Let's hear the whole of it. Triss went around the room, making sure that every jar was tightly corked as she told Nico how she had made the dragon's acquaintance. I don't know which was sillier, she remarked as she finished. Him thinking I'd believe his story about not being a mage or treating me as if I were a monster. I asked him if he would take the responsibility for the dragon and he refused, so I kept her. Nico sighed. Lightning scares people, he reminded her. I thought you were going to keep a grip on it and on your temper. Yes, it does scare people. 
I love that. I love that she's like, I don't know. I don't know which is sillier. The fact that that he thought I wouldn't believe he was that he thought I believe he wasn't a mage, or that he him treating me like a monster. And I'm like, well, Tris, there are very good reasons for both of those. Yeah. Yeah. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST, shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellows for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. I feel like I feel like I need that on a shirt, like on a shirt with like Amer- like an American flag print shirt. <laughs> Democracy suck, but they're the best we have. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. 
For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.